The decision of God's servant. Today's message by Pastor, Pastor Ben Rosario comes from Esther, and his text is from chapter 4, 1 through 5, and also verse 14. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat, do not drink for three days, night or day. And at my attendance, I will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Thank you. Pastor Ben. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Search our hearts. We beseech you on this day, Father. We ask that your spirit may cover us from the four corners of this building. You know our needs. Father, I ask that you anoint my lips according to your will and not mine. Total and complete confidence in you, Lord Jesus. Bless us. And we'll honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. I want to celebrate, first of all, all the fathers that are present. Let's give them a hand of applause. Amen. Those that are present, that are not present, those daughters and children of parents that are away and far, not living near you, we um, bless them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, because it is uh, Father's Day, I, I know that parents uh, um, actually um, work hard for our children. But for the Father's sake, we protect. We want to assure that our children are well-educated, that they never need, that they may have a roof over their shoulders, that they may always have food, that... Um, they may be well-educated, that they may be respectful. Um, we want to always provide food on the table. Um, that's what, uh, obviously, men are called to do along with the wives, but once again, for the sake of Father's Day. Last week, Dan uh, did an awesome job on the book of Esther, chapters 1 through 3, chapter 3. Um, he explained to us, and, and it's obvious that in this, in this book we see, um, although we don't hear the name God, we know that God's presence is there. For God knows all and sees all. And the book is like a, a great movie that had villains and, and has um, heroes and romance, twists and turns, and, and a lot of uh, uh, activity of trying to plot against others. It makes for a good story. Uh, the villain being Haman, the prime minister. Um, the hero, well, I would say the Wonder Woman of that time, Esther. 
And Mordecai, uh, as we know, um, took as a daughter, he actually adopted as his own Esther. So if you hear me say uh, daughter or father, it is exactly that. Because he has all the qualities of being a good father. It is told to us as we read that every day, because the king summons all the virgins, and if, I'm, if my mind doesn't um, miss this, what I read, I believe it was about 400 women, young ladies. She was 14 at the time. They were summoned. She was a Jewish woman. He was a Jew, and he told her, don't even bother saying what your race is. And that's pretty awesome because you look around this church and we're all kind of racist. We're a melting pot. We're, we're uh, um, a mirror of what we're going to be before the Lord. The uh, um, Bible tells us in the book of Revelations that before the throne there were many nationalities, many tribes, many nations, people of all kinds. So when I come here, I don't look at faces that are different. I look at my brothers and sisters. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And, and we're, we're blessed to have such a, a place like this for a time like this. So she was summoned to the kingdom, and every day he would go to the gates to assure that she was okay. And... The trouble begins when uh, a man called Haman, Haman was actually um, given a new position as a prime minister. Mordecai, everyone would bow in the presence of this man. And he had the expectation that everyone would bow to him. But nevertheless, this man called Mordecai knew a living God. He must have known um, in the book of Exodus said that God, that we shall not have false gods before us, that we shall not bow to them. So when, when, when this man walked by, he expected everyone to bow, but this one man, Mordecai, chose to stand. Chose to stand and not bend or bow down to things that wouldn't please the God and his men and women of the Lord. Sometimes we are troubled to follow the many or to stand alone. Doesn't it make you think about the 13, the 13, I just gave another disciples, hallelujah, is the 12 that were on the boat, out of the 12, one chose to leave the boat to walk towards the master. Majority was on the boat. Minority stood. And when we stand for the things of the Lord, there's a way that he shows up that there leaves a testimony that you are called by God, that you are protected by God, that God is with you and you are with him. But you must stand. As difficult as it may be, stand. And deliver. Esther 3 2. All the royal officials at the king's gate knelt down and paid honor to Haman, for the king had commanded this concerning him. 
But Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor. Amazing. So Haman goes to the king. He convinces him. Make a decree. Make a law. To kill the Jewish people. Now he is. Because of one man. Wanting to kill a whole nation. So that he can assure the, the, the death. Of the father of the queen. That reminded me of when. Um, king Herod was after Jesus. He was after the king but did not know where the king was because there was a protection around him. So it's said, if you read in the scriptures clearly, that he set to kill all the children to and under because of the king of kings. But when God has a plan for your life, there's no hell that can come against you. When there's a plan for your life, there is no decree. There is no law. There is nothing that can withstand the power of the heavens. Esther 3.13, the decree. Dispatches were sent by the couriers to all the king's provinces. With the order to destroy, kill, and annihilate all the Jews, young and old, women and children, on a single day. The thirteenth day of the twelfth month, the month of Adar, and the plunder to their goods. This is God's people. The enemy knew that that is the line in which Jesus was to come by. When God, and that is Obviously, the all of this book, how God protects his people from death, from being executed, from being purged. When God has a divine plan for a group of people, and I am saying Calvary Vision Church, maybe at some given point in time, maybe in the present tense, maybe in the past, Maybe they look at our numbers and say that church would never stand. But the, the, the hell and the doors of hell cannot prevail against God's church. Esther 4, 1, 2, 3. When Mordecai learned of all that had been done, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and ashes and went out into the city, wailing loudly and bitterly. But he went out only as far as the king's gate, because no, no one clothed in sackcloth was allowed to enter it. In every province to which the edict and order of the king, there was great mourning amongst the Jews with fasting, weeping, and wailing. Many lay in sackcloth and in ashes. Traditionally, a way or expressing grief in the ancient, ancient times at this behavior was banned. It was a traditional way of expressing what you were going through. We clearly see that he could not pass the gate. 
So Esther heard the news of, of her father's situation. She had a concern. So she, <clears throat> she assigned a eunuch and a woman that were assigned to her to go speak to him, to her father. Because we believe she basically feared for his life. Esther 4.4, 4, when Esther's eunuchs and female attendants came and told her about Mordecai, she was in great stress. She sent clothes for him to put on instead of his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. She was in great distress. She was concerned about her father's life and death situation. We speak about parents being responsible for their children and their children's well-being. This is a great example of children having the responsibility of overlooking the needs of their parents. And it's unfortunate that in this society, I'm not saying this church, I'm saying in this society, my wife works in a school, I work in the streets, and I work in, in, in the hospital, obviously, but I also volunteer in the streets of Philadelphia. And we can see how children disrespect their parents, how they no longer honor them. The scriptures tell us, children, honor your mother and your father so that your days on this earth can be prolonged. It's a responsibility. But if you look at the book of Matthew, chapter 24 and 25, when it says towards the end days, it says that it's not the end, but the beginning of the end. Parents will be against children, and children will be against parents. How do we see this? We see this, obviously, in the behavior of many children in our society. But in retrospect, we also see the million of, of children being aborted every year in the United States. These are signs of the beginning of the end. So she sent clothes. She was concerned about his well-being. But he chose not to accept them. The law that Esther probably feared is found in Esther 4.11. It says, All the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned by the king has but one law, that they be put to death. It doesn't say it, but more likely sure that this was her concern. Now, she sends the messenger, the messenger Hathak, a eunuch, verses 4, 5, and 9. Well, 5. Then Esther summoned Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs assigned to attend her, and ordered him to find out what was troubling Mordecai and why. And, and why. Her servant was literally risking his life. He was going and taking and bringing messages between a mother and, a, and, a, and a, a mother. I changed here ago. 
from father to mother. How do you like that? Um, a message between the father and the daughter. I don't know about you, but as a father, we make drastic moves. Moves. We make drastic moves to relay messages to our children. We make drastic moves to bring forth conversation. And children, I advise you to do the same. Sometimes there's weeks and months. I've seen it in my own family at times where there's no communications between uh, a father or a parent and their child. Ordered him. Find out what was troubling Mordecai and why. So Hathak went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate. Mordecai told him everything that had happened. He told him to tell her about the decree. About what was going to transpire. Of how not only the Jewish people were in trouble of being purged, but also as the queen and her family had trouble brewing in the background. And this is what he instructs her to do. Tell her to go to the king. He also gave a copy of the text of the edict for their annihilation, which had been published in that had been published in Susa, to show Esther and explain it to her. And he told him to instruct her to go into the king's presence and to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. The eunuch relayed the message. Hathak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai has said. Her concern was what I read earlier about going before the courtyard and the king without basically his authorization. Then she and he brought back the news to to Esther. Esther said, go tell Mordecai, this is my concern. Verse 11. All the king's official and the people of the royal province know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has but one law, that they may be put to death. Unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their life. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. There was a distance. She had not seen the king for 30 days, so her concern was that he would not even acknowledge her at this point, and that law would take place, and she would die. But this is important, what I'm about to read. 
Mordecai encourages his daughter. First of all, Proverbs 18.21. The tongue has the power of life and death. Remember that. Ephesians 6.4. Fathers, bring them up in training and instructions of the Lord. So this is the instruction that he gives her. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your, and your fa- and father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for a time like this. Silent at this time. Her silence would assure death. Her silence would not provoke the king from removing that decree. Don't you know that you and I, as I read, have been called to speak life into others? You and I have the power of life and death in our tongue. Through the words that God has ordained us to say. That's what is called the good news. There are people that are waiting for you and I to hear the words that would forever transform their lives. Because there is power in the words that we have been anointed, instructed to say by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If only so God loved the world. John 3.16 To tell our brothers and sisters that were left behind. And I have a saying that the military says, no man or woman left behind. This only comes if we dare to open up our mouths and and speak life into others. I can tell you that on a weekly basis, and it's not the boast because there's enough evidence and witnesses that are here that when we speak into the lives of some of our friends in our community, the first thing they start to do is to release their pain and their stress. They start to cry. They start to to, to wail because they have a need for someone to simply speak. say a word of encouragement and you and I have been called by God not by a title he said go ye into the world go to the highways and the byways and as Pastor Tim is now teaching go to your jobs even if it means your job being lost I'll repeat it I lost a job of 25 years of not because I wasn't silent. I chose to say it, to be interviewed on a newsletter and say, God, Jesus, pastor, prayer, hallelujah, because we trust God. Yes, there's a part of concern and a, a part where you suffer and you're scared. But nevertheless, when it's all said and done, the last word comes from the King of Kings. Hallelujah. He spoke everything into existence. He did it for us, for you and I. Everything that's beautiful, go outside, the flowers, the trees, the birds, the sun, the moon. Everything he did for us with his word. 
Is he the same yesterday, today, and forevermore? He has not changed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For a time like this, and let me tell you, church, it's not easy. It's not easy. Yesterday, and it's not the boast, it's to encourage. I went to do some, some, some errands, and, and, the, and the back of my car had some clothing. And it was raining, and as I looked around the streets, all I can see is men and women that were cold and shivering. I'm not looking at their condition because what they are is not what God intended them to be. Who they are is children of the Most High, and they were cold. And you give them simple clothing, and they hug you, and they cry because the giving is speaking loudly. Not a sermon, maybe a prayer. One guy was shooting up as I went under a bridge where you see four, five, six families living. Shooting up and he comes and he says, I know you're a man of God because if not, you wouldn't be here. He said, I was the president of my youth group once upon a time and he commenced to sing a hymn. He commences, commences to sing a song. Have broken, but nevertheless, in his heart, there was a desire. He says, I pray every night. He even said, I'm going to pray for you. We cannot keep silent. We're imperfect in an imperfect world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To God be all the glory. Esther 4.15. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. And my attendants will fast and you. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. I love that. But she wasn't praying for her to be saved. Her prayer wasn't fast and pray for me because I don't want to die. That wasn't her concern. Her concern is that she can um, be able to do the will of God and be able to stand. So we might not heard anywhere the word God, but we can see where she instructs him, seek his face. You might not read the word God. You might not see it, but you hear it. In between the lines, go and fast, go and pray. In three days, when you are on your third day of fasting, then I would go to the king. I love that day three. 
because our king of kings, in three days, he resurrected from the dead. There's something about that, that three. Things to resurrect in three. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ died. And on the third day, he rose. Hallelujah. They went before the king of kings. Hallelujah. Who was present because he was in the beginning. He was upon the face of this earth when it was being created, right? He was brought, according to John, and he was put into flesh. So that we can better understand him. But the king was there. He's, she gave him the instructions. Go, beseech the king of kings. Ask him to open up the windows of heaven and start to ordain everything so that if I die, I die. Because I have the confidence that if I'm absent from this world, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Hallelujah. How many can shout amen right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will go. I will go. She chose not to be silent, but it took prayer and fasting. And if you need some encouragement, I, hallelujah, ask you to go before the Lord in prayer and in fasting. If it takes three days, go three days. Because the end result is it will bring glory and honor to the King of Kings. God heard the prayers of his people. And Esther received favor and she prepares a banquet to reveal the plot to kill the Jewish people. She went before the king, and as we read, if that golden scepter wasn't pointed in your direction, instant death, that, that's, that's really Wonder Woman of that time. But she had, she had with her the great I am. He said, I will be with you to the end of times. He said, I would be the, like the mountain of Zion. I will protect you. He even laid down his life for us. Speak it, church. That's what Pastor Tim is doing, just telling people, speak it no matter the cost. Because the grave reward, even if it costs you some things on this side of the earth, you're going to be standing next to royalty. Hallelujah. You're going to see him. And he's going to say, he's going to remind you of that decision that you made not to stay silent. You know, I was told by my company, you will never be hired by this company again. And sign here. I said, see you. God bless you. Thank you for letting me work here for 25 years. I just need to tell you, God is bigger than this company. I had the church praying for me. I was boohooing all over the plate in one of those retreats. And this is a commercial. Church, sign up for that retreat. Because in those retreats, something seems to happen. Let me tell you, Jesus left the disciples for a while. He said, I'm going up a little higher. There's something about going up a little higher. Go, join us, and I promise you that we will cry with you, that we will laugh with you, we'll play table tennis with you, we'll play basketball with you, we'll have so much fun, but more importantly, we'll feel the corporate, 
the corporate praise and worship that will in, 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 introduce the Holy Spirit to fall down in such a way. And let me tell you, for the ones that I've been in, oh, I still can feel those prayers. So I thank you, church. I thank you. I thank you for your prayers, hallelujah, and your fasting for me because it made me through. When they said it was over, guess who hired me six months later? The same company that said they weren't going to hire me. That's the God that we serve. And they pay me well too, church. So the third day, she went before the king, and the king obviously found favor. He pointed, you know, um, towards her, and um, the bottom line was that he asked her the famous question. What is it, Queen Esther? What is it that you want? And she was able to use her wisdom to bring forth a banquet that will unmask. You hear what I just said? That will unmask the evildoer's work. Praying and fasting will unmask your enemies. Praying and fasting will give you favor for those that need to be unmasked, that brought trouble against you. Oh, the tables will turn. The tables will turn. I don't know about you, but I'm a person, I'm a fix-it person. I get a little antsy. I want to I wanna do things. I'm in a little situation right now where I want to do things my way. But, but you know what? I, I'm going to sit back and I'm, I'm going to do my fair share of fasting and praying. Because that's the key. We are limited with all things. Ephesians 4.13, all things are possible. Todo posible. Oh, my God, I forgot the verse. I'm trying to translate it in my mind. All things are possible through Christ that strengthens us. There's the verse. All things are possible through who? 